Indeed, there is a war, and it's ramping up. So, Lord, we thank you, Lord God, that you are the shield that protects us from the fiery darts. You've given us the shield of faith. Lord, I pray that we would use it. You'd give us encouragement. You'd instruct us. You'd shield us and protect us from the darts of witchcraft and hatred and contempt and the vile persecutions uh, of Satan, who is in a rage, in a panic. Lord, we rejoice that he's in a panic. Hallelujah, because that means you're coming soon. So I pray that you do your work. Awaken your people, Lord God. Get the bride ready. You said you'd have, you're coming for a, a spotless bride without wrinkle, uh, Lord God. And so we just give you praise that that will happen. All the things you've said in your word will happen. And we don't have to worry about that. We can actually rejoice in that. We can actually find our place in that, in those words, in that story. We're here. It doesn't seem like there'd be any other alternative but to consider this, that this would be the end of the age and the second coming of the Lord. So I thank you, Jesus, for those who are kind of hoping it's not and are kind of hanging out there in the middle line yet, seeing if they can get through this and just make their life a success and that they'll come in under the, the into the shelter under the on on the rock and in under the shelter of the wings the protections the feathers of God and that you would protect us op- open our minds our hearts to understand this wow demonic warfare and i thank you jesus for wisdom you said if any man lacks wisdom let him ask of god may you give us ears to hear eyes to see and not to lose or this truth be snatched out of us lord god let it be kept held in, intact and may the story of deliverance and the story of healing and the story of the truth of jesus christ and the true spiritual narrative be told everywhere with boldness and great confidence and and uh, victory that the Lord God would be honored, vindicated, and his word would be uh, bring truth and freedom to your, your people, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I was sure all over the map with that prayer. I mean, we're like at the end here, aren't we? It's we're, kind of exciting. Well, <clears throat> yeah, it, it is exciting. Yeah, and the, the subtleties... I don't know how exciting it's going to be when it really gets to hurting, but it's exciting right this second, but... The subtleties and the sinister nature of this war, as mm-hmm. it becomes mm-hmm. more and more apparent right. to those who are discerning every day, it certainly, you know. I don't think, though, I mean, we, we're all caught up in the war, the, the obvious war, the outside, you know, the, the talk, the the chatter, the, the Antifa, the politics. Right, right, right. We're all caught up <clears throat> in that, which is there, and it's the context. But I don't think people realize, as we're looking at today in Mark, the deep depths of the internal, personal, spiritual mm-hmm. war that mm-hmm. we're going to see, uh, especially Peter, go through in this matter uh, today. But this war, this demonic assault against our personhood, against our identity, against everything that we are, uh, is so in, it's so raging that it's like uh, unbelievable. And and like you said, Marjorie, most people are totally unaware about. It. Most mm-hmm. Christians are mm-hmm. totally uh, unaware. Uh, of of this the the intensity? details yeah. and the intensity and the subtlety of this this Wiley, war yeah. and and I mean churches for the most part are not teaching this they and, and churches have no well you know clue. what Jesus said by their fruits you shall know them so mm-hmm. you don't even have to wonder what your church is doing just look at the fruit and we see now like you just were probably going to say how many of these pastors are going insane they're they're losing their faith the, even some of the leaders and main singers and various very very powerful christian worship team groups are losing their salvation going back to the world and even telling about it on twitter for example it's just that the, the, this their gospel was not able to sustain them they had not the right gospel they did not have the they did not have the right gospel or weren't delivered one of the uh, two yeah it was a, probably a, a combination yeah. if you don't have the right gospel there's not going to be the deliverance there that's true and 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 some people have the idea of deliverance is this Knock down, drag out, foaming at the mouth, exorcism. If they saw the movie The Exorcist years ago, they think that's deliverance. Well, it's it's really not quite that way. There's times where stuff like that can happen where there's a lot of just mm-hmm. gory, uh, intense manifestations like that, but that's not necessarily well, you know, so. Well, I, I, you know what? I have to say it, it is a lot more like that than we might think and a lot less than that like than we might think because, you know, the thing is, I've just been more, this last week actually, more in, in, 
what's the word, more, more impressed, more convinced, I guess the word convinced, than ever that these demons in people are so overlaid that the, 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 the structures, the um, overgrowth, the uh, involvement is so gripping it to the very core level, the very cellular level of people's lives, that when they are delivered a lot of times, when they're truly delivered, there will be physical, visceral manifestations of their leaving. And, yes. you know, a lot of it is done, can be done very neatly with you just canceling out an agreement, coming to the revelation of the truth, and that will set you free. But also that revelation of truth and freedom remi- uh, requires that a demonic entity, presence, or program, whatever you want to call it, Paul called it this body of death, that that has to be deleted. And there has to be, and for that to happen, there has to be two things, revelation and repentance. Mm-hmm. You have to have the revelation of Jesus Christ, which is the truth. And from that point, then you can turn change your mind and repent and confess the sins. And that is the only way out. And then with that, after that, will come some manifestation of deliverance, whether it's a release from a judgment. I, you know, uh, it's, 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 this, this warfare is so intense. I just, it, it is so, and, and absolutely the way the Lord is showing it to me and to you has been so confirmed. I mean, it's just like every day it's more intense. It's more confirmed that the devils are actually shooting fiery darts and arrows. Um, but let's go into Peter for a minute and, and then, and Mark, obviously, well, and, we're, we're, and then we'll bring in these other yeah, well, uh, ideas. We're, we're not quite to Peter yet. You know, we're, yeah. we're talking about Jesus. Mm-hmm facing the Sanhedrin. Now, mm-hmm. this is he's been arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. In Mark right, chapter 14, mm-hmm. we're starting with verse 53 today. Mm-hmm. He's been uh, betrayed by Judas, which right. was prophesied right. you know, crazy. by crazy, uh, crazy. Zechariah and so forth. 30 pieces of silver. Yep. It's about, about a month's wages. Yeah. Um, for nothing. For, for yeah. what? And, and then, you know, basically what happens to Judas is he realizes he's betrayed an innocent man. And, of course, I think he knew that right away. But the the shock of that hit him, and mm-hmm. he goes out and commits suicide. He skewers himself on a on a post and, and dies. Jesus His guts fall mercy. out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they make it kind oh, of Oh, it gory. says he went out and hung himself, too, so well, I don't that's, know how that's, that's, well, falling down in the midst, his bowels gushed out, the Bible says. So it's, mm. it's pretty gory. But... Uh, Verse 53, then they led Jesus away to the high priest. Mm -hmm. And with him were assembled all the chief priests, elders, and scribes. The scribes are also known as the lawyers. They were considered to be experts in Mm -hmm. the law of God. Now, now I want us to just see here, there's the religious leaders, Mm -hmm. the ones who were really supposed to know God, supposed to show the way to the one true living God. Have access are, are, to have him. The, are the become mm-hmm. the are the mo- manifested as the most vile, diabolical uh-huh. people. They're the spearhead of Satan's. Uh, they're the spearhead assault. of Satan's assault, mm-hmm. and then it gets into the political realm, mm-hmm. and, and which which we have today. So so today there's the the opposition to Jesus Christ is convergence, <laughs> yeah. and and this is basically the way Babylon's been. This mm-hmm. this is the, this world Contempt. system. Mm-hmm. It's the convergence. Of false religion and and political, and, and political maneuvering, maneuvering, manipulation, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. What, what it says, Peter. So you've got all these the chief priests, the elders, the scribes, and the religious, Jesus. the religious elite. Mm-hmm. Okay, right, so there you go of that day. So, but Peter followed at a distance, right into the court of the high courtyard of the high priest, and sat with the servants and warmed himself at the fire. So. He's at a distance. He's been led in actually by, I believe, in the book of John. It says um, that John also was with him. And so they both got in there and um, because John knew the high priest or he was relative or he was had some pull or something. So they got into this inner courtyard, which was basically wasn't that kind of outside. And um, it was in April, yeah. probably. Yeah. Our, so it's probably cold. Probably, probably mm-hmm. kind of cool. Now the chief and priest, this, it's nighttime. Remember what time of the day it is? Yeah, they took Jesus in the in middle the of the night, night. Yeah. and so it's still dark out there. But we have got some of the elders. They must have had a heads up on this thing to get out of bed that quickly and show up. You know, chief priest. Well, they knew. Scribes. They knew. Right, that Judas was, was going to betray them. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they word got around. They were well, it was the it was the la- their last chance because the Passover was going to be the actually the next day within twenty four hours of that time. Yeah. So they, they, they didn't want to do anything on the Passover, but mm-hmm. they ended up doing it anyway in a way that they didn't even know. <laughs> they didn't plan it. They didn't plan it this way. You know, they're so, so religious. <clears throat> they want to keep the Passover that they missed the whole purpose of the mm-hmm. Passover. Uh, verse 55, 
Now the chief priests and all the council sought testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but mm-hmm. found none. Now there there was really under the Romans, the Jews really didn't have much of authority to put somebody to death. They mm-hmm. wanted to, and and of course the law, the Old Testament law, just said you know certain things where you could stone people, mm-hmm. you know you could stone the adulterer and the adulteress, you could stone. Someone that was uh, talking back to his parents. Uh, boy, we'd have a lot of bloody kids these days if that was the case. But um, uh, the chief priests sought, they sought testimony. They wanted, you know. Yeah, they wanted somebody to come up with a story that would help them to get this man convicted. And, and we, uh, we've seen that. <laughs> we've seen that in our own nation here in the United States oh, in recent false months. False accusations, for course. False testimony, false mm-hmm. accusations. Of of uh, that that pe- people just lie mm-hmm. lie through their teeth, and so they many bore false witness against him. Yeah, but the testimonies well, did not agree. In in John it says chapter eighteen. Th- these gospels, but they all give a little bit different details. So mm-hmm. if you really want the whole picture, you have to put them all together and read them kind of together. And he says they when they led him away to Annas first, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year. So first they took him to the father-in-law. So Annas's daughter was married to Caiaphas. And so Caiaphas was the high priest that year. I don't know. I think Annas had been the previous year or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe they kind of got it. I don't know what they did, but anyway, they, they were related. And so, um, and, and Caiaphas the one, was the one who actually had said before that to the Jews that it would be expedient that one should die for the, one man should die for the people. And that was like a prophecy, actually, that Jesus would be the one man who would die for all the people. But, um, you know, Caiaphas, is, he said it in this term that it's better that one guy be get, get crucified than the whole nation be, yeah, you know, than Rome come against he, all of us. Right, yeah. He he didn't understand the, the spiritual implications of that. He was just saying, hey, better better him dead than all yeah. of us dead. Yeah. So he was looking out for his own neck. Uh, well, and he just wanted to be the big guy, the big shot yeah. who kind of took this Jesus down. And then verse 15 of John 18, he says, Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. Now, I believe that would be the writer of John, John himself. Now, that disciple was known to the high priest and went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. So they got in because they had this kind of pass. Yeah. There. But Peter stood at the door outside. I suppose he didn't come in right away. The disciple, other guy. Then the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to her who kept the door uh, and brought Peter in. So there's a little maiden Mm -hmm. girl doorkeeper, Mm -hmm. and so he got Peter in. Then the servant girl, this is reading out of John, the servant girl who kept the door said to Peter, you are not also one of his of this man's disciples, are you? And he said, I am not. Now, this servant girl, we, we find out she, in one of the other Gospels, I don't remember if it's, uh, that she was the servant of the high priest. She was his servant girl. Now, that's interesting. I mean, did she work in the kitchen? Actually, she was at the door right here. What's she doing at the door in the middle of the night? A little girl watching the gate of the courtyard of the high priest's house. This does not make sense. You'd think there'd be a big soldier there or a bodyguard or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, that doesn't make sense, does it? Well, there's a lot of things here that just don't seem to make <laughs> But she's sense. a servant of, so she's, you know, maybe, I mean, you know, yeah, she's there at the gate. She knew what was going on, I guess. John figured maybe well, he, he's the one she knew, or she see, knew him, or something. Well, the whole the priest's house, the you know the, the elders, chief priests, they're all. It's like an all, you know a late night session. It's all the they're all connected. It's like a special session mm-hmm. to to destroy Jesus. So they brought Peter in, and she said that to him. And he said, "I no, I'm not. I do not know him." But can we go back right now before yeah. we go into the denial and look at what Jesus prophesied? Over Peter, over this night, Jesus said that this was going to happen um, in, in uh, Luke 22, um, verse what? Eight? 31 through 34. Yeah, can you read that? Did you? Have- yeah, I can do that. And uh, then we're going to have to go back a little bit here. Yeah, we're going we're, back and forth, we're, but we're kind of trying to set a stage and pick a picture. We're ahead here. Well, we're okay. Everybody's still with us. You guys with us out there? You okay? All right, good. Okay, and so we have a very interesting prophecy prediction. Um, this happened, I'd say, right probably about the time that, uh, right after the time where Jesus. Well, it's it's right probably during the Lord's 
Or yeah, but it's, it comes after the time when Jesus already had said to, to Simon, uh, get behind me, Satan. Well, so that had already happened. So now we're right. talking about well, the prediction. Go ahead. The prediction was probably made right during, at the time of the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the Lord said, uh, Luke twenty-two thirty-one through 34, the Lord said, Simon's, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. And in King James, it's when you have been converted, mm-hmm. strengthen your, your brethren. brethren. Yeah. You know, but he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. And he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny me three, ta- three mm-hmm. times that you know me. So this is right that same day, that mm-hmm. same the same night. So you've got the night of the Passover. Uh, right. The very intense, you know, they and, just, and you're, you're out he in, hasn't yet, they haven't yet gone into the garden. So this is just previous to that. But it's very uh, interesting. Edersheim, the, the book that you really want to read, if you want to read something really important about Jesus, the life and times of Jesus Christ by a guy named Edersheim. Um, he says he was like a a, a Jewish historian. Yeah, that was pretty much contemporary. Oh, yeah, he really gets the whole picture picked out here. Time. He said um, that Jesus used the name his name Simon Simon, and he said that was his old name, referring to the old man in him. Satan has obtained or asked out out asked asked for 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 the for you for the purpose of sifting like as wheat. I have made supplication for thee that thy faith fail not. The words admit to us, um, what the words admit to us is that we can see the behind the scenes and we again see the power and the reality of spiritual of the spiritual world in that Satan had specifically had to go for permission, I believe, to the Father to, to carry out his plan to sift Peter. And I believe that there are times when Satan has to go to God to get permission to sift us. Uh, to and why does he get permission? Why does God give Satan permission to sift Peter? Well, because God ultimately isn't testing us. He's not. He's not uh, concerned or confused or doubtful about how we're going to turn out or if we're going to choose him or if we're going to love him. God already knows that, and that's the big theological difference between what we. Uh, how you have to you have to know that God does know everything. He knows everything ahead of time, and so. And if you have a bad theology, like some people I know. Um, they they don't think God knows everything, and so therefore they can't understand or explain things properly. And then people get discouraged about the whole thing. So, but but so he, Satan went to God, and he asked for Peter. Now I believe the reason he did that is because, not that he really cares, but Satan was going to prove to God that Satan was that that Peter, I'm sorry, was a very bad choice in leading. Uh, the disciples and leading the church and the army of God. Well, it's it's that statement. Satan has desired to have you, mm-hmm. and I mean this is this is true for every human being yeah. on the planet. Yeah, Satan has desired to have us, and he has most everybody on the planet right now. And he knows how to sift us as wheat. Right, and and because I think this is just uh, opinion here. Okay, and you can take it or leave it. But I believe that Satan has a sense. He doesn't know everything, okay? But he has a sense as to who, which people are going to be the most threatening to him in his kingdom. Mm-hmm. And Peter certainly was mm-hmm. uh, because he he seemed like a, an unlikely choice. He was a kind of a big mouth. He was up and down. Not educated. Not, not really know, educated. Put his foot in his mouth a couple times. And he becomes a great, um, we could say, theologian, mm-hmm. brings out straight true doctrine, mm-hmm. exposes, speaks against false teachers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's so much in, in yeah, Peter really writes grew. about mm-hmm. exposing mm-hmm. And warning about false teachers, in which in which is one of Satan's favorite devices, to undermine Accuse. people, yeah. uh, and undermine the church is to bring in uh, false teaching doctrines. Yeah, and so 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 Satan went to God, and he wanted to sift Peter. I believe Satan, like you said, I I believe that Satan does know, uh, has a pretty strong sense of what's going on 
in um, the lives of believers. Well, it's like, you know, you think as why, why would he have destroyed, to, uh, destroy Adam and Eve right from the beginning? Well, of course, he knew there was a big plan for them too. Right. Uh, same, and, then, and then Moses before he was born. Well, and I believe, you know, this. If, if Satan reads the book, the Bible, which I'm thinking he probably has studied it very well. It says, the devils, the demons believe and tremble. The, so the devils believe. They have more faith than a lot of you, you and I, us people. They have a lot more faith because they actually tremble. But at the same time, they're, it's not their, It's not faith that gets you into heaven. It's, it's following that faith. It's obedience to Jesus. It's following Jesus. And so back to this story. So he went to heaven, got this permission from God to sift Peter as wheat. And Jesus caught wind of it. I'm sure he was already aware of it. And he prayed for Peter. He went to the Father, made intercession, said, No, God, Father, God, he's my guy. I pray for him that you'll strengthen, that you'll use all things work together for good, that this will be used together for good to bring him to the place of zeal and truth and stability and um, uh, for the kingdom of God. And so, so Jesus already knew God, the Father, said, Okay, he said yes to both of them. He said yes to Satan. Yeah, you can sift him. He said yes to Jesus Christ. Yeah, you can have him. He's going to be your guy. And so here we see the war, the conflict. So so Peter, Jesus warns him of this. I mean, Judas never got any heads up, really. Really, A lot of us don't really get a heads up. I, but but Jesus kind of gave Peter a little heads up, said, hey, God, you know what? Satan is going to desire to have you to sift you. See, Peter was being hooked. The, the, the bait Satan oh. was using to catch Peter was his love for Jesus and his love for the, the cause, his, he, his vehement desire for the cause. And so Satan was going to use that zeal to, to kill him, to catch him. Right. And, and Peter said, you know, oh, Lord, you know, I'm not going to deny you. I'm ready to go to prison with you. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to, to go to mm-hmm. death. I mean, he was so mm-hmm. confident even when in his it came loyalty. The, yeah, even when they were doing the Lazarus thing and, and Jesus says, I'm going to go back now. And, and Peter says, oh, don't go back. And then, and, and then he says, well, Jesus said, you know, Lazarus is sleeping. They said, well, that's good. Then let him sleep. And Jesus said, no, he's dead. I got to go. And Peter said, okay, I'll go with you. Well, you know, we're willing to go with you to to. to Take this war on, you know. He, it's a good, it's a good thing, well, but how many, <laughs> Peter comes off as being all bad and bold, and but had he, no idea what was he, going on inside of him. That he even knows. Oh, Jesus but how vulnerable we in are! The front, in the front of a little servant girl. Yeah, he curses. He swears. He's, oh, I don't even know him. No, 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 But no. so doesn't this show us, Jerry, what, what's really inside of us? I mean, the war that goes on inside of us. We have no idea. We, we look like big, bad Christians. We look like, you know, we're all, you know, for God and everything. Or on the other side, we may look like we're not all for God. But the war that goes on inside of our minds, inside of our souls, for our lives, for uh, for our life, yeah, for our Satan wants to speak through you. He wants to act through you. He wants to take over your life, over your body, over your gifts. He wants to divide the house. He wants to do exactly what Jesus said. When the stronger man comes in, he wants to take you over and shut you down. And we don't realize, nor are we any match for this. Jesus warned us about it, but we're still no match for it until we surrender to him. So Peter had to go through this. Basically, Jesus said, you're going to go through this. And when you're converted, when you're converted, what does that mean? What what is conver- what, what is conversion? What does that mean? When you're what? What's conversion? Well, conversion is, you know, if you think of converging, you, you convert something is goes from one thing into something else, you know. And it says here, when you're turned again, Back you to return me. to me. You'll yeah. strengthen the brethren. Yeah. So it's 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 a it's a turning. It's a turning back. It's it's really a, a, a change. You know, Jesus. Oh, well, Paul writes in Second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Where there is really that change of mind, change of heart. Peter did. What did he? It said he when he went out and what he went out and wept. Who thought about it? Here he he wept. And, and I think it's maybe it's in John, where it says he went out and he wept bitterly. There was a well, real, a real there repentance. Was a real, repentance. There was a uh-huh. repentance. Uh-huh. There was a there Revelation. was a change. There mm-hmm. was a change in Peter. Okay, he returned. And Jesus, we're jumping way ahead here. Mm-hmm. After the resurrection, mm-hmm. he made a special appearance to Peter. Right. A, pers- right. a, a special one-on-one because but, Peter was probably like scared. as man, I I've denied my Lord. Mm-hmm. And now he's dead, and you know, and I'm out. Uh, and and 
the last thing that I did before Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, that Jesus died. knew about when he died was that I denied him. Yeah. Yeah. And so Jesus didn't come and chew Peter out. He he came and restored him, yep. spoke to him, and Peter was really transformed from that point. Another thing, too, that made a big difference for Peter was on the day of Pentecost when he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, we're going way, way ahead now. But well, yeah. is, you know, Peter goes all the way to the day. Peter goes all the way to the, the you know his his own crucifixion. But let's go back for a second and look at what happened here. Peter was wept bitterly. He was converted. He was he was delivered from himself. I think the spirit of myself, the demon of myself, which was acting oftentimes probably in all the guys, all of the apostles. You know, they wanted to call down fire. They wanted to, uh, you know, they were going to do this wanted and that. Wanted to be great. Yeah. There was a lot of the spirit, the enemy was working in them. And I think for all of us, there's a lot more demonic activity and manifestation in our lives and through our mouths and through our actions than we would want to own up to. I believe in Peter wasn't seeing it until he saw everything and he saw he saw his own abject uh, ability to deny the Lord. How could you do that? How did you? Well, Well, it wasn't him, but it was him. I mean, the enemy got into him. And here's what I say. He got into him, got into his mouth, got into his mind, and he denied Jesus because he was that shock of the moment, that fear. And he, and he denied him, just like Jesus said. He with that spirit of denial, that spirit of fear, took over for a minute uh, three times. And, and, G- and Peter did not know that that spirit was there until he saw what it did. And when he saw what it did, he had to come to some point of revelation where yeah, I did this, but this is not me. And Paul said this in Romans seven twenty. He says, if I'm doing what I do not want to do, it's not me doing it. It is the sin that dwells in me. And until a Christian will realize that there's a whole lot of operating systems going on inside of you that are not you, that are causing you to do and say and act and, and, and proceed uh, under the counsel of fear and control, until you recognize those things, they will not be cast out. They will not be dismissed until you stop protecting them, until you stop defending them. And this defense of a demon is another demon. So there's demons defending demons in you, and you think it's you doing these things. And yes, in, in technically, you did it. Technically, it was Peter's mouth that denied Jesus. But was that Peter? did Peter want to do that? No, he didn't want to do that. From the beginning, he didn't want to do that, but he did it. So how many times do we do stuff we don't want to do, and then we take the guilt, the hits, and then Satan comes in with the big whammies, and he just drives us into the ground with um, self-hatred, self-condemnation, guilt, shame, and then Satan opens up the floodgates of hell to bring people into demonic judgments, uh, persecutions, punishments, poverty, pain, all kinds of things. Well, a lot of us are... A lot of us, unfortunately, are split personalities. No. Are we split personalities? Okay, tell me what you mean. What I'm saying is this. Not necessarily. Because there's only one you. There's one person per person. There's there's only one person per person. Per person. Now, one person per person. One you, who you are really. That God created you But you can have a lot of passengers in your life. Yeah, a lot of people trying to drive the bus. Other personalities that are Mm -hmm. in their with you, even though there's only one you. That's right. But there's there's spirits that can imitate mm-hmm. you. Impersonate like you. Like me. Mm-hmm. It's me. Well, well, Me is not you. See, the thing me is, is we are... Not, me is not you. Me but, is a reflection of an I am. You're an I am made by the great I am. And this little me thing or just me is a, is a demon who explains to your mind, you know, why you just did what you did that you hated. Well, mm-hmm. it's just my flesh or I'm just human or I'm just German or it's just whatever. Make an an excuse for itself so that you don't say, wait a minute, who are you? Mm-hmm. Who are you and where are you from? We don't discern the origin of many of the things that come out of our mouth, but the Bible does say very clearly what the heart is full of the mouth speaks. So listen to what's coming out of your mouth and you'll educate yourself. You'll understand that a whole lot of that mully grubbing and gr- grumbling, complaining, cursing other people, whatever, is not from the origin of heaven. It's not from heaven. So what's the other kingdom? Oh, there's only two kingdoms. There's only one option left and that's hell. Well, you think of think of Peter now again. He had this revelation. He said, "Who do people say that I am?" Oh, they say you're John the Baptist. They say you're that prophet. They, you know, John chapters practically six through eight, or maybe into nine. There's always all this debate, as there is still today. Who is Jesus? 
you know, you see articles in magazines, you see books about it, you oh, see history documentaries, chat, yeah, documentaries. <laughs> and who is Jesus? Mr. We're trying, still trying to figure it out. And and, and you know what? That's the devil stirring up all this it, mud it's, it's, because it's we already know who thing. Jesus is. Right. Don't ask me any more questions. Like, where is he? What, what about well, this? What about this? It's just devil with confusion. When he first comes on the scene, you know, there with with the twelve. And, and Jesus said, okay, what, what's the opinions about me? Oh, he said, well, this is what the people are saying about me. But he said, well, what do you say? And that's the right. big issue. What, who do well, you what do you say, say? I am? Who do you say I am, yeah. He says, Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and Jesus said, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. This isn't something you were taught by some human being. Right. You didn't get this from studying the law. You... He said, this is a revelation from the Father. Mm-hmm. My Father in heaven has revealed this to you. So there's there's a great revelation of who Jesus is, okay? Mm-hmm. Then you got the other part of it is this, is that um, when Jesus was started to talk to him about that he was going to die on the cross, mm-hmm. Peter began to rebuke him. That's and, right and here, say, yeah. Right. And say, this shall not happen to you. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Yeah. You are For an you offense to me. You're an offense to me. You mm-hmm. savor not what the things that have. The mindful. Here. Yeah, God it's, it's very interesting. Men. It's in the same chapter, just a few verses apart, in right. 16 of Matthew, where he says, um, Jesus was happy when he heard uh, Peter say, Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And, and Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, like Jerry said. Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but your father, but my father who is in heaven. See, he was te- Jesus was teaching a concept of the fatherhood of God when he said, "Our Father, our Father who art in heaven, your Father, my Father, the Father. He is the Father. He is the Father to us. He's a Father to us." If you want to understand your relationship with God, think about a father relationship, and maybe you can't use your own father as an analogy or as a as a uh, example. But the thing is. Peter had the right revelation. Jesus was happy about that. And then Jesus said, uh, verse 18, 16, 18, I also say that you are Peter. And um, so he's changing his name from Simon uh, to Peter. And on this rock, I will see. At first, he said, Simon Peter answered. So Simon and Peter. There's two things going on in Simon Peter. One is Simon. One is Peter. Simon is, according to Edersheim, the old carnal man, or it's the soul man. It's the man who was put together by the concoctions and revelations and reasonings of the pit, the things we experienced and think to be true that are not true. So there's a there's that old carnal man the Bible talks about, and then there's the new man. So Simon Peter, he's got both identities going on here, answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered to him and said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter. Okay, we're going to change your name now. And on this rock, rock, Peter means little rock, I think. But on this rock, Jesus is the big rock. I will build my church and the gates of hell. Will, Hades will not prevail against it upon this confession, not upon Peter. Peter's a man. Why would Jesus build his church upon a man for crying out loud? Peter didn't die for us. Jesus died for us. That makes no sense. He's not building it on Peter or on the Catholic doctrine. He's building it on the confession that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And that's the whole gospel. The whole gospel of, of Jesus Christ, the whole gospel of God is who is the son? What are you going to do with him? Who do you call him? Who is he? He is the son of God. He is the rock. He's the redeemer. He's the rescuer. He's the savior. This is the this is the confession of salvation. Mm-hmm. This is where we enter in. This is where you get your ticket into heaven. It's not by being good. It's by the confession and true believing that Jesus Christ is that rock. He's that rescue rock pit put up in the middle of the snake pit. And he says, I will build my church on that rock. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But you know, the gates of hell... Uh, have really done a masterful job of concocting every kind of false gospel and, and using the the uh, the, dis- the discrepancies, the internal war that goes on inside of us, the carnal man, the 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 one that need, we need to be delivered. From. You need to be delivered from yourself, really. My we need to be delivered from ourselves, and this is the process of sanctification, where where myself who's, who represents that represents the whole stronghold of the enemy's work in us, the lies, the the um, fears. Uh, the experiences, the feelings that we try to run and navigate our life on these things, that whole system of self that we 
hold dear and protect, and demons help us hold it dear and protect, we need to be delivered from ourselves. And this is really what doesn't happen for the most part. But I believe conversion is actually that. It is being delivered from yourself. It's being delivered from your own concepts of who you are, because those concepts of who you are have been you have been brainwashed. We have been oh. indoctrinated. We've been, we have been just set up, set up, set up, interlocked with lies from before you took your very first breath, before that, even in the womb, at the moment of conception. And you were already programmed by all of the things that were already set up before you in we, those agreements. When you think of the, the, the confusion in our day, just, just confusion, gender identity, is something as uh-huh. basic as that. You know, uh, I was shown a while back that there are about 70-some possible gender designations Mm -hmm. you can have now. Why 70? Why not make it 120? Oh, yeah, there's probably more. I mean, but somebody just showed that there's this little chart. But that's all foolishness. It's so foolish, so stupid, Mm -hmm, God. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, Because, Because the thing is, it's a very black and white, in and out, you know, heaven or hell kind of deal. And Peter did not see that. He, we see that we see a lot about Peter. He's making a right confession. He's saying the right thing one minute, and then we read on. Hold on. We just we're, we're in verse nineteen. I will give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whoa, whoa, whoa! And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. This is mighty power. And whatever you loose on earth, be loose in heaven. How many of us are doing that? One of the keys God has also given us is the key and the power to forgive other people. And we don't use that one either. But but Peter has got this set of keys. His people. I I will give you my church. My church. I will give you guys. You listening? You have been given the keys. And then he commanded his, his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. Now, isn't that interesting? He wanted to make sure they knew who he was, but he wanted to keep this thing top secret. Wow, 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 wow. That- part, of the reason, part of the reason is this. Uh, again, jumping ahead, Jesus said, "You tear, after his resurrection, he said, you wait in Jerusalem until you are endued with power mm-hmm, from on high. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. He said, don't go out until you are filled with and my ready spirit. And ready to go. you got to go to training. Your human <laughs> intellect, your home, your human way of doing giftings things. and mm-hmm. capacities, your ways of doing things are flat out not going to work in That's this spiritual right. warfare. That's right. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's right. Wait till you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And then with the you know, filling of the Holy Spirit, right. there's a whole dimension uh-huh. of, of weaponry uh, well, actually, of you know what? The Spirit of God to be used right. successfully uh, it, and victoriously again against the enemy. This makes me think of 1 Corinthians 2 9 through 11, where it says, For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? But God has revealed those things to us by his Spirit that we might know. And so when we get, see, Jesus knew that they were not yet really. Um, uh, they were. They had the right knowledge. They had the right in- intention. They had the, the. They had the right gospel at that point, um, but they were. Their spirit man had not yet been activated, and I believe he doesn't really get activated until we come to that revelation of uh, of his. I believe when people get saved, the Holy Spirit comes into them. I believe the Holy Spirit's watching over us even before we're saved. I believe all the that the Holy Spirit watches over us to protect us. The Lord is with us. He's aware of everything that's happening in our lives. It's not like we're out there in the dark and all of a sudden God recognizes and remembers that we're there and all of a sudden he starts watching over us. No, we're, he's with us the whole time, but we don't know that and we aren't cooperating with that revelation until the Holy Spirit it says for when we're born again, the, the spirit of a man is called the candle of the Lord in Proverbs twenty twenty seven. The spirit of the man is the candle of the Lord. And when we get saved, that candle gets lit. In Ephesians chapter 2, it says, when we were yet dead in sins and trespasses, he quickened us. So he, we got lit. So this means that your receptor sites for the things of God are activated. And what you're saying, Jerry, is before the, Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, those, spirit, those things of the spirit, their spirits were not really activated. They were still afraid. They were still floundering around in the flesh. They were still trying to figure out what to do or where to hide or what to do or what's going to happen. They were still not very clear on what to do. So Jesus said, just go hide out for 10 days. He didn't say it was 10, but it was 10. And, um, but he, they should have figured that out because of the, they had the, already the setup in the types in the, the feast days and 10 days after uh, the, the, the Passover or after the uh, the 50 days actually after that was the, the Pentecost, uh, the Pentecost. Pentecost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they could have figured it out. Probably they would have been thinking about that, but he was activating their spirit. So now they were able to walk in that second set of software, the old corrupted soul software made uh, programmed by the enemy 
was going to lead them into doubt, confusion, and more demonic activity because the demons work through the soul. They work through your mind, will, and emotions. Mm-hmm. They can work in your body. They can mess up your body. But they, but once you're connected with the Spirit of God, His Spirit downloads the revelation of Jesus Christ to you, and you can walk in knowing that you know what you know. And most people don't want to get that involved in their spiritual life. They, they, they just vacillate between their soul. They go back and forth between the soul, the carnal man, and the, and the spiritual man, the carnal man and the new man, back and forth, back and forth. And they just dig a rut with their life, and they amount to nothing. They accomplish nothing. And we can't sit there in this rut anymore, or we're going to just be destroyed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so we're seeing Peter here. He's really going through it right now. He's got, and then I'm going to continue to finish this little piece in Matthew. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes, and sure enough, and be killed and be raised again. This is where he prophesied it. We raised the third day. But why was Peter so shocked when he saw that Jesus wasn't in the tomb on the third day? He should have remembered. But he, then Peter, then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, Jesus, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, that this should happen to you. I mean, Jesus, Peter's basically, no, it isn't. I don't agree with this. I don't want this to happen. Uh, I'm rebuking you for even thinking such a thing. Um, and, Je- and Peter was talking in the spirit, but Peter was receiving it in the natural. And he said, this isn't going to happen. How many times has somebody told you something in the spirit and you rebuke, you rebuke them, you think they're wrong, you don't like what they say, and then you reject it, cast it off. And so Peter was in jeopardy right here of being misled completely. And, and Jesus saw exactly what was happening. So he, and he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan, exclamation point. You are an offense to me, for you're not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Jesus was actually talking to Satan, who was talking in Peter's mind and coming out of his mouth right then. And Jesus didn't rebuke Peter. He rebuked Satan. He said, you're an offense to me. Now people say, oh, he was saying Peter wasn't, no, Peter wasn't an offense. He was, you are not mindful of the things of God. He was, get behind me, Satan. So Jesus was differentiating between Peter and Satan. And at that point, Peter could have said, whoa, what was that? What was that coming out of my mouth? I don't know if he got a revelation right there. And then Jesus went on to say those who desire to hear that. Yeah, he said, and Jesus says to his disciples right after that, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Whoa, there you have it. Deny myself. It's right there. Right there. Deny right me, there. myself, and, and get deliver me from myself and take up his cross and follow me. When you take up your cross and follow Jesus, you're walking in the Spirit. doesn't mean you're going to lay down. You're going to be this martyr, have this martyr complex, a savior complex, this, this poor me complex. You're just going to follow Jesus, whatever it takes. He says, for he who desires to save his life will lose it. Isn't that the truth? Anything you want to keep, anything you really like, anything you that you, you have, whoever loses his life and gives up and dies, he'll find his life. For what is a man profited if he gains the whole world? It's like we see a lot of people out there gaining the whole world and losing their own soul. Is it worth it? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? So here's the here's the very cheap. this is the actual life and death bottom line of the whole battle that goes on inside of me for me to be delivered from myself. It goes down to this very thing: Are you going to lose your soul over this? Is your soul operating by under, under the counsel of Satan? Is that going to take you to hell? Are you going to? And, and Peter's in the throes, the grip, the, the crucible of this thing right here when he's coming grip face to face, face to face. You say, well, that was a really terrible thing that happened to Peter. Well, actually, it turned out to be a really good thing, didn't it? Mm-hmm. This sifting. And you and I are going through sifting. Don't you think, you, oh, poor me, what's going on? Everybody's against me. I hate myself, whatever, whatever. And you, you don't, we die. We, we, we let the Lord do what he's doing in us and know this, that in your life right now, stop believing the lies and know this, that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. This is faith. Faith is mm-hmm. not Go, it doesn't go by sight. It doesn't go by feelings. It goes by uh, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And, and, you know, just back here a little bit, when Peter said, you know, Jesus talking about dying, suffering, dying on the cross, Peter said, oh, this shouldn't happen to you. In other words, it's like you, you wouldn't want your best friend to die a horrible death. It seems so reasonable, right? Uh-huh. It seems so, so reasonable. It's like, Lord, no, not you. If somebody told you your best friend today, your best friend said to you, you know what, I'm just going to get beat up, I'm going to, I'm going to die a horrible death, and you'd say, no, no, I don't want that to happen to you. And so this is a natural, uh, a natural affection. 
but but Satan used that natural affection to get to Peter to get him to deny what was going to happen because see when you think of Peter and the other and the twelve and you think of us, there is so much to this it's very it's very simple yet it's very complex at the same time. There is so much to know, so much to learn uh, regarding Christ, regarding the cross, regarding the resurrection, regarding the revelation of mm-hmm. uh, 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 oh, everything. Who he is and what he has. Everything. everything. There is so much to this. So this is this is uh, breaking in upon them. This is uh, a whole new dimension. This is life, well, religion that they never well, even fathomed. And existed. this is what Jesus said: make disciples. He he didn't say you know just. You know, get people to say a sinner's prayer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Make disciples. Get people to but, discipleship to be followers. But see, the of thing me. is, the thing is, this you're, what you're saying is right. There was this cross, going to the cross, Jesus dying. This this seems so absolutely it's, contrary it's to, to the, the natural mind. It says to the um, uh, what was it? Paul said to the Greeks, uh, foolishness. It seems like yeah. it's a foolish, ridiculous thing. Mm-hmm. But to us who are saved, it is the, the preaching the power, of the cross is the power, the power of, of God, God unto salvation. Yes. But see, the thing is, no one had ever thought of this. No one had ever come up with this. No one knew Jesus' real plan here. He had never really mentioned it much before that. He just came down here. He was a good guy doing awesome good things. It was exciting. The momentum was building. You know, finally, we got a guy who's on our side who can take care of these things. He's got real authority. He's connected with heaven. But, you know, but they, didn't, they didn't think they in didn't. terms of, of salvation, sin, a destruction, the Lamb of God. Paul, John the Baptist said, hey, hey, this is the, the, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He didn't say he was going to die on a cross, but he, he said this is his mission. And people really, they just kind of blew that well, part off. That's just why we don't get what, that part right what now. What it really was is, you know, all these prophecies that just in this chapter of Mark, this 14th, 15th chapter of Mark, and all through in Matthew, all these things that were all prophesied in the Psalms, through Isaiah, uh, just but they didn't put it together. They, Even they, 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 they didn't, didn't say right. they didn't see that this that you know my my something melt, heart melting well, like wax and my bones all out of joint. They didn't see that as a crucifixion, and they didn't know why. Why? What? How? How? How is the crucifixion going to fix everything? That's the that made, question. How is this crucifixion? My dying in the cross. How is it going to fix anything? Incomprehensible right, because crucifixion was for the very. It was a Roman, Roman uh, thing that had borrowed it from. I think it was the was it the Phoenicians. This this method of of torture and mm-hmm. death, mm-hmm. cruelty. These Romans were cruel, cruel people. Uh, these leaders to breed fear into all the bon- the yeah. ongoing and, bypassing. And so how how crowds. does someone dying as 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 the lowest of criminals how does that fix anything on, on a on a tor- the most torturous death imaginable how's that going to fix anything right and, and that, so what mm-hmm. was happening was these these priests scribes pharisees sadducees they were protecting all, the, the order were protecting of the day their, they the wanted, their idea of a messiah was someone to get the romans off our backs yeah so we can continue. And put us in power. Mm-hmm. So we can continue mm-hmm. to foster our this corrupt, our uh-huh. corrupt religious system. Yeah, and it was very, based very on truth, oppressive. Based um, on based on truth, based on law of Moses, added all their rules, and they were they they were oppressive. so oh, so involved with their religion that they would just tithe mint and anise. <laughs> and, 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 and and little but steal little widows' pensions and, and then rip Please. off widows uh-huh. and, and I mean yeah. they were straining at gnats and swallowing camels and Jesus saw the hypocrisy of all this and this is what religion does it always drives you to the place of let me tell you something the end of that line is obsession obsession insanity. obsessive compulsion compulsions insanity. and insanity you, you mark it down people you can't be perfect enough the religion cannot do it for you for. I just say, for the Lord's sake, get out of it. Cry out to God. If you're locked in some OCD religious obsessions about trying to be good enough, this is demonic perfection and performance who just wrapped you, strapped you, and you need to be delivered from yourself. And so back to this story. So we see a real man going through the real hardcore 
moments. These are these are real moments. These are, this is where it really happened in the garden, in the courtyard, in the uh, on the on the way to the cross, in the praetorium. This is where Peter is seeing it happen. It's happening right before his very eyes, and he doesn't get it. He does not get it. He does not understand. He doesn't say, "Oh." Oh, now I get why Jesus had to die on the cross. Yeah. Oh, 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 he was a sacrifice for sin. Oh, oh, the wages of sin is death. Oh, yeah, yeah. If he wouldn't have died, we'd have all died. Oh, I don't. He never well, got that right then. He, he got was, it later. But, he, he got it later. But the thing is, we can say, well, Peter was just so thick headed. Any oh, one of us in that position oh. would have been. In God the didn't same choose you to be Peter, thing. did he? Huh? You know, we, so why not? We would have been there. You know, we can't be too hard on Peter because. We would have done the same thing. He was just well, a representative. Well, I think he was a good choice. I think God made he the was best a, choice. He was, a, he was a good choice. He yeah. was a perfect choice. But the but thing he's is, a real man, too, and that's why we yeah. need to. And so stop. We don't have to feel bad about what happened to Peter. We need to learn from what happened to Peter because, th- believe it or not, people, we're going to have to go through the same kind of purging and conversions. And he writes. I all- promise you, you're not going to get out of it. You cannot take myself to heaven. Myself is not going to go to heaven. The soul that sins shall die. And the only one that goes to heaven is you uh, made in the image of God, refined, created. And you know what? I think a lot of people get delivered on their way up, I think, for a lot of people. By the way, speaking of deliverance, deliverance is a big thing these days. It's really coming. It's the big, it's the new move right now. So Just make sure, you know, but, but, you know, the first step to deliverance is go get baptized for crying out loud. How many of you, I'm going to scold now for a second, because I just recognize Good. that this whole generation, uh, this last generation, probably has not been baptized. Why? Because their, pre- their churches don't preach it or they preach some form of it, some ritualistic form of it that the young people say, forget that. I don't want What's that? Why do I need to go down in the water and do that? Jesus said um, to uh, preach the gospel, heal the sick, baptize baptized when when we're baptized what happens is you are taking you're making a visible uh documenting your conversion you're you're turning to god and when you go down into that watery grave you're dying you're dead you're dying to the, this world the citizenship in this world the control of satan and when you do that you're making right. that verbal commitment that verbal changing of your mind that confession of faith a lot of demons leave at that po- mo- uh, moment, and so a lot of Christians go start their Christian life with they, they've still got all that excess baggage because they don't get baptized. And so, by the way, we're having a nice baptismal service coming up real soon in a couple of weeks. If you're interested, contact us. Maybe you can be part of that. Um, it's you can contact us at True Light uh, Church dot org. True Light Church dot org, um, or uh, my w- website too, liferecovery.com. dot com. Uh, email us and ask us if you can be part of that. You need to be baptized. It's not, we're, we're running out of time now, people. You're going to have to get in or get out. And it's, baptism is not a ritual that saves you. Baptism is your confession of faith to the Lord that you believe him, you're following him, and you're part of the church, the bride of Christ, that you want to be in and not sort of hanging out there on the line. Okay, I'm not hanging out there on the line to dry. You know, we're, uh, but so back to Peter. He's, he's got this one little girl. First, she, she challenges him. And then what happens? Um, he says, uh, let's see, where are we? Where are we? Well, uh, Mark chapter 14. Um, we lost our place. He went to the porch. He said, no, he says, he denies yeah, this little girl. Uh, I neither know nor understand what you are saying. I, I, what are you talking What are you talking about? Jesus of Nazareth, what's, what's that? Who's that? And he went on the porch and the rooster crowed. Well, there was that was and, 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 yeah. right, and then the second the servant girl saw him again, and began to say to those who stood by, "Oh, this is one of them. Mm-hmm. It is." And sometimes people say, oh, "Is one of them because of you? You talk like a Galilean. You got your Galilean accent mm-hmm. going on." That says your speech betrays you. Yeah. yeah. So but they he were denied it to... again, mm-hmm. and a little later, those who stood by said unto Peter, "Surely you're one of them because." You are a Galilean, and your speech shows it. <laughs> you, do you talk like a Galilean? And he goes, Galilean, everybody knows there's Galileans that were with Jesus. And he began to curse and swear mm-hmm. and, and say, I don't, I don't know this man of whom you speak. Yeah. And a second time the rooster crowed, and Peter called to mind the word that Jesus had said to him. Mm-hmm. Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And when he thought about it, he wept. So it was becoming early, early morning. The roosters were waking up, 
and we know about approximate time that was. But we also know that in, in one of the um, versions of the gospel, one of the gospels, he says a man came to him. And then another one of the writers de- de- uh, describes that man, identifies that man as the one who's a relative of the one who got his ear cut off. They were both obviously working for the high priest uh, in his somewhere, in his cabinet or whatever. And so he said, I saw you there. You know, we saw you there. So the thing is that there was a girl that came, and then there was another girl, or the same girl. It says in Mark 69, the servant girl saw him again. Right. So, um, so it could have been the same servant girl. And then she, The first time she speaks to Peter, and the second time he hears her talking to the other people. Right. That he's he's the guy that was with Jesus. So she was calling him out, and it was it was embarrassing that he was actually being afraid of what a child would say. But we know that there, it, it, it doesn't matter if it's a big thing, a little thing. If Satan has got you afraid, and you're in, so what? What should Peter have done? He went out. He wept bitterly. He took off. He couldn't hang. He, from there, he's not at the cross. He he he's, doesn't he's, he doesn't follow the rest of it. He's out of it. He, he doesn't feels, see Jesus go down the, the road carrying the cross. He doesn't see him getting scourged. He doesn't hear the crowd say Barabbas, Barabbas. He doesn't see any of that stuff. He is somewhere else. Yeah, he feel he very likely he just feels like man. I, it's I'm done. done. I'm done. I, I'm done. How many of you are right there right now that you feel like you've so betrayed God, you've did something that's so bad, you can't even believe you did it, and you've taken on all the guilt, all the shame, all the condemnation? Well, what you need to do is take on the truth and say, you know what, I did do this, I did say this, but this is not me. Like Paul says, I am doing what I don't want to do. Paul said, there's a war going on inside of me, the one who wills to do good. And so he says, Paul says, and he wraps up that whole chapter 7 of Romans by saying, there is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh. If you're going to listen to your flesh, your soul, mind, will, and emotions, the devil's going to use those to beat you up with guilt, shame, condemnation. I could have, should have, and it's my fault, and I'm stupid, and I'm never going to make it. God's mad at me, etc. Or if you walk in the Spirit, you'll know the truth. And what does Jesus Christ say to you? What did Jesus Christ say to Peter back when he finally got connected with him again? What did he say? I'm really mad at you. You really disappointed me. See, I told you. You made a bad choice. You need to take responsibility. Did he say one of those things? Not one of those things is recorded. And that's how we try to restore one another. We say, you need to make a better choice next time. You need to repent. You need to go to counseling. You need to whatever. No, no, no. That is not what God says. God says what? I love you. I know you. I know what happened. Do you know what happened, Peter? Do you know what happened? The enemy spoke through your mouth, your mind, and betrayed me and betrayed you at the same time, and now you're taking the hits for it. Why don't you just rebuke the devil and confess that you got deceived and you believed a lie, and Satan doesn't get to use your mouth and mind anymore? Evidently, that's what Peter what happened to Peter. And then Peter, um, Jesus said to Peter, do you love me? And he said, you know I love you. And he said, do you love me? And, he, and, and there's different words. So there's the restoration piece. There's the restoration piece. Now, it's not more uh, just a brotherly love. Mm. It's a, it's the agape love of it, God. Yeah. And he said, and if you love me, feed my sheep. Feed my feed sheep. My, feed he said, my, he mm-hmm. says, you know I love you. He said, you love me, feed my sheep. And At Peter, that point, Peter didn't have any more of Peter left to go on. He was done. He'd empty, been emptied out. I think conversion means really to be emptied out of your own myself, my things, and I am emptied out, and now I'm going to, I'm dead. I'm done. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm not going to be offended. I'm not going to defend the old man. Don't get wrapped up trying to defend the old man's behavior in you because you're defending a demon, and it's a demon defending that demon, so now you have a demon. You're using, Satan is using your mouth as a demon to defend another demon, and you're just playing along with it. You need to say, well, wait a minute, stop. No, I don't agree. I repent. I changed my mind. Both of you get out of here. Uh, so many people don't repent. You, you would, you would, it's like asking, to, you know, they'd be more willing to cut off a hand than to say, you know what? I made a mistake. I'm sorry. You know, and sometimes they do make the same I'm sorry and I made a mistake, but they don't really understand what they're saying and they don't mean it either. Um, they're just saying it for the sake of, you know, playing the game and going on to the next level of counter-conflict or whatever. Sometimes people are just sorry they got caught rather than realize well, that, that... But when are we going to stop wrong. defending these demons inside of us? This begins the, the, the really, um, I need to be delivered of myself. I need to be delivered of myself. Well, let's pray. Father, 
We thank you, Lord. You said if we're going to follow after you, we have to come and deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow you. And it's not a matter of just earning salvation, but that's the road. The road is that is that you love us so much that you want to deliver us from ourselves and the enemies that pose as us, the spiritual enemies, the demonic powers that pose as us. Deliver us from evil, you said in your prayer Amen. that you gave us. Amen. Deliver Amen. us from the evil one, and part of that is delivering us from ourselves, mm -hmm. our own human Self. confidence and ideas of who we are. Yes, Lord, so. may we get our identity from you. Yes. And you, you said to Peter, you are Peter. Mm -hmm. You're not Simon anymore. You're, you're, you're Peter. You're, you're a rock, mm -hmm. a little rock. And, and, and the revelation that I am the Christ is, is going to be the foundation Jesus. on which the church of Jesus is built. Mm -hmm. So, yes, Lord, thank you for helping us. Free us. Yes, Lord, Lord, when we feel some that are listening today may feel like they've blown it so bad. Jesus, I pray oh, that you would just come to them. Restore. Jesus. Restore us. Convert us. Change us. Mold us into your image for your glory. Give us the revelation. Of, open our eyes every day to the subtleties of the spiritual war that we're in. Yes. And the victory and the power and the grace that you have given us to be overcomers. To be not overcome by evil, but to overcome evil with good. Help us, Lord. We pray, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.